back to football. It's your Thursday episode. We're talking Wake Forest today as the Demon Deacons host the Orange this Saturday. Uh, we'll talk about the game, what it means, where the Demon Deacons have been the last couple of weeks, and what the Orange need to worry about. It's all on Locked On Syracuse, and it's right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you on your Thursday episode. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today we're talking about Wake Forest, the Demon Deacons. Uh, They host the Orange, like I said, down in Winston-Salem, North Carolina this Saturday. The Demon Deacons have had an up-and-down year quite like the Orange have. They are also 6-4 and on the season Uh, But unlike the Orange, they came into the year with a lot higher expectations uh, than they're currently performing. It's kind of an opposite there. Uh, Last week, the November 12th games, that was the first weekend in which Wake Forest was not ranked. uh, And this is going to be the second weekend in which they're not ranked. They were started the year at 22. Last week, they were 20. They were 10 the week prior. Uh, So they have been up, down, around, uh, everywhere inside the rankings, and now they have fallen out. Three straight losses in the last three weeks, one to Louisville that dropped them those 10 spots to 20, and then NC State knocked them out, and then they lost by two points to North Carolina last week. I still think they're going to batter Syracuse because it's a road game for the Orange. They also stink going to lose five straight whatever but before we make predictions and whatnot which is on tomorrow's episode let's talk about what wake forest has to offer sam hartman uh at the helm is of course the name that i think everybody knows at this point he's been on this team for five seasons uh, and he is absolutely fantastic last year he threw 39 touchdowns this year he's already thrown 28 uh he's been really really good Maybe not as good as everybody thought he'd be, but as technically a redshirt junior, thanks to the COVID season, he's got, I don't know, probably won't come back, but the guy has been absolutely fantastic for a couple of seasons now. Uh, And Wake Forest oftentimes features a committee at running back. This year, it's Justin Ellison and Christian Turner. But if you remember a couple years ago, Kenneth Walker, who's now a Seattle Seahawk, uh, was part of that tandem. Uh, they also have a really, really talented wide receiver group. They always have. Uh, Jaquari Roberson was there last year. He was kind of the man to know. This year he's gone. A.T. Perry, Jamal Banks, Donovan Green, and Taylor Morin are the names you need to know now. Morin, a guy who maybe is underperforming this season. I think a lot of people thought he was going to be better uh, than he is. He isn't having a bad year, but 32 catches on the season. 393 yards, six touchdowns, good numbers, but not great numbers, especially compared to A.T. Perry, who's got over 770 yards on the year, 52 catches and seven touchdowns. Uh, But they have a balanced passing attack. A lot of guys can hurt you there. A couple guys can hurt you on the ground. they got a really strong veteran quarterback. Uh, It's a team that 
you really can't scoff at Owen. I mean, these guys are really, really talented. They have been at the top. They're also probably really not happy. So they're going to go out there and try and put Syracuse in the ground because they were ranked for so long and now they're not. Uh, I don't see Syracuse having an easy time in this one. No, I, I look at this at this offer Wake Forest, and I mean, when you, you were sort of breaking it down right there, when you look at this receiving group, and obviously, you know, Hartman is is outstanding, and I, I'm a I'm a big fan of Hartman uh, ever since you know watching him on QT and sort of him develop, and then you know seeing him coaching at Wake Forest, and and I think obviously I I wasn't sure of the success that he would have at the collegiate level. Uh, coming in and he really stepped it up and has been outstanding uh, and I, I like what I saw I remember watching him play clear this season where he absolutely balled out and I think he's threw for like six touchdowns in that game um, but I look at this receiving group and there are it's so diversified in terms of you got five different receivers uh, that average three or more catches a game uh, that is tough to defend when you can look through that many options when you have to uh, when you have that many threats, because they do, do bounce the ball around. Obviously, Perry is the guy that they're looking for, but just under 800 yards, uh, almost 15 yards a catch here. Uh, but they have other options and other really solid guys that are able to contribute as well and can burn you. I look at a guy uh, like Donovan Green, who's averaging almost 18 yards a catch here. Uh, and all of these guys can burn you and can be, you know, targets. And Hartman gets them all involved, which is something that, you know, you look at a Syracuse defense that we talk about game in and game out has been so battered with injury. It's very difficult because everyone, including, you know, guys that weren't expected to play or were supposed to have a lot more time to develop, are going to be under the microscope because of how many Boris offense can go to utilize. So it's a big game for Syracuse's defense. I will say for the first time in a couple of weeks, not an incredible rushing attack by any means uh, by Wake Forest. So maybe Syracuse's rush defense gets a little bit of a break and can hold their own. Four yards a carry is nothing incredible, um, but, if you're not locking them down, still has the capabilities to obviously um, break free and, and get get his fill. So this is a, a much more run defensive or defensive opportunity for Syracuse, uh, but it's still a game that they're going to have to perform because they can take you in the pass game and they will mix it up if they need to, and they will mix it up successfully uh, and do a pretty darn good job. And they really are. I mean, you look at Turner as well, a couple of guys that, that can come in and they're, you know, splitting carries, both getting the ball pretty good from what I'm seeing, uh, and both at four-ish yards a carry uh, at this point in the season. So a couple of guys uh, in terms of their run game, but definitely it is going to be a game where Syracuse's defense is going to need to hold them because this is a Wake Forest team that can explode offensively without a doubt and has done so in the past and has done so against a Clemson defense, which has been incredibly highly touted and has done it in in many games outside of that situation as well. Yeah, um, you're absolutely right. They have had some 
brushes up against really, really good teams this year in which they've almost won, like that Clemson game that went to however many overtimes. Uh, and some people say they should have won, whatever, could have beaten number five Clemson, whatever. Um, but, yeah, they, they've they played competitive plenty of times. You talk about that rush attack. I think I'm a little bit higher on it than you are. When you have yeah, two I don't. The more backs, I looked at it. Yeah, when you have two running backs who can average four yards a carry. I mean, if you ran the ball every time and they had four yards, you'd score every drive. Um, yeah. So I think that that's something that Syracuse might still struggle with because it's not just one guy you have to worry about. It's two guys. And like I said, that's kind of been the identity of the Wake Forest rush attack for at least four years now, back when they had Kenneth Walker and Christian Beal. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the offense is pretty interesting. We'll talk about the defense right after I tell you about this ad. This one brought to you by Nugenics. Remember when winning felt easy? That's because you were younger, Owen. You were at the peak of your testosterone production, what some have called the winner's hormone or the man hormone. Wouldn't it be nice to get that winner's edge again and that old swagger back in your step? You want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testafin, I'd say that five times fast, will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, get you better results at the gym, and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. Nugenics Total Tea contains man-boosting key ingredients like Testafin. It has been validated in five clinical studies shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. Because Nugenics Total Tea boosts free testosterone that the aging process robs. You'll feel stronger, leaner, with more energy and drive and more passion, too. Your partner will notice your difference. While every product professes quality, many other products use generic ingredients that are often far less than clinical grade. With Nugenics Total Tea, you get the same clinical potency levels used in the trials. And Nugenics's formulation is backed by 10 years of science and research. Now get a complimentary bottle of Total Nugenics or Nugenics Total Tea when you text college to 231231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenic Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast. Absolutely free. Text COLLEGE to 231-231. That's COLLEGE to 231-231. Texting enrolls you into recurring automated messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. All right, we're back here on Lockdown Syracuse. How on what? brand that open to that ad was. Do you well, miss the you... thrill of winning? Oh, yeah, true. Holy Syracuse athletics. Maybe they need the whole department, the training department. They just got to get <laughs> bottles and heaps of Nugenics Total Tea. And then the offense will be back out there. You'll just see a bunch of studs out on the field for Syracuse. I think it's you're onto something there. The whole defense might be healthy again. Yeah, man. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, all right, let's talk about this Wake Forest defense because they've got a lot of guys uh, that can hurt you. They're secondary. I mean, there are 16 players 
in the Wake Forest secondary who have broken up a pass this season, 12 of them who have done it multiple times. Uh, I don't know what Syracuse's number is or what the average number is, but that kind of seems high to me. For Syracuse, all right, Syracuse is 13 players, and only five players have done it multiple times. So I was right. Um, It's pretty crazy that they have that many guys working well in the secondary, whether it's linebackers or safeties or corners. Um, J.J. Roberts leads that effort with seven. He's only played eight games. He is going to be healthy for Syracuse. Uh, Isaiah Wingfield has been really good for them in the secondary. They just have a lot of guys uh, who can hurt you out there. So that's something that Syracuse, who doesn't have the strongest passing attack in the world, uh, needs to be weary because Garrett Schrader continues to prove to us that he can't throw the ball. Uh, and Carlos Del Rio Wilson, who I don't know if we'll ever see again, is, you know, still with his training wheels on. So, I mean, this is a point in the season where I don't know how Syracuse is going to possibly form a rushing attack. We've called so many weeks for Robert and I to go out there and reinvent the offense. I can't imagine he's going to do it this week. Uh, so you're going to see a lot more of, you know, jaw dropping play call, not in a good way and lack of Sean Tucker capability because of whether it's because of plays or just maybe Sean lost a step uh, or, and you're also going to see, Garrett Schrader tunnel visioning right to Ronde Gadsden every single play, which I have to imagine the Demon Deacon secondary is going to catch on to. So I can't say I'm entirely confident in the offense this week. Uh, and then you look at their their front seven. A guy like Jasheen Davis, who has been fantastic for them, is going to terrorize the Syracuse offense. He's got 10.5 tackles for loss, five of which are sacks. 26 tackles on the season. Uh, then you got a guy like Malik Mustafa, who's got seven tackles for lost three and a half sacks, 52 tackles on the season. They've just got a bunch of guys, man, a bunch of guys. Yeah. A, a defense with, I think you, you nailed it there, a lot of guys. Um, they really have, I look at sort of what they've led up in terms of yards and I'm, I'm scrolling through and, you know, opposing rushing offenses have gotten their fill for the most part. I mean, you know, Army obviously is going to get their rushing yards on you, but Louisville ran for 211 yards on the ground, NC State for 115, UNC for We got some connection problems with Owen here. Apologize for that. Uh, I is, hope it fixes itself. beatable for a little bit. Uh, and I, Are you with I, us? You're back. Oh, he's gone once again. All right. Well, I don't know what he was trying to say, but uh, this defense is is going to hurt. Um, I don't really know at this point what the Syracuse offense can do in order to combat it because we talk about this every week, I feel, in, in saying, all right, they've got to find a way to get Sean Tucker the ball. We're so past that. We are so, so past that to where – I don't even know if there is a way. I mean, there must be, but there, there's not a way that Syracuse is going to figure it out uh, in the upcoming week. Um, I just wish Schrader would utilize other receivers other than Gadsden, which he does 90% of the time. Gadsden's been good, but I do feel like he's regressed a little bit over the last couple of weeks, dropping passes here and there, um, looking too early for a pass to alert the defender kind of thing. Um, Owen. Are you back? Would you like to continue? I am back. I hope. Huge. 
Um, but yeah, so I was talking about the the run defense in terms of uh, Louisville oh, no. and ground success against them, and they're uncertain games. Uh, it's been an aerial attack that is a lot through the air against them um, that you can consider. Um, but at Schrader and Gadsden right now, it's, it has sort of been just so t- tunnel vision. Uh, and it harmed them. And I think back to, you know, that the back-to-back plays to the Clemson game and to start the Notre Dame game with that same exact problem where it was predetermined that Schrader was throwing the ball to Aronde Gadsden and both one led to a game ending interception and the other led to a game opening pick six, both really, really hindering, you know, Syracuse's ability to succeed. Uh, I, I look at Gadsden the last two weeks uh, did not get a pass um, against Pitt and caught one pass against Florida state. So even though he is the focus and that's who they want to throw to, uh, it is. It is not there. I don't think this ever clicked to me. My Atlanta, Syracuse only caught six passes against Florida State. Yeah, it was one of the like worst. It was terrible. I honestly I like. I'm. I've I don't know if that landed out of my mind entirely. I think that was it. Um, you got to improve the. You know, if Gadsden is your guy, then you need to get him the ball. But also, if you can't get Gads in the ball, you've got to be self-aware enough that there are going to be other guys that can make their way open. And I, I, I think that's where we possibly wrongfully latched on to Del Rio Wilson so quickly oh. to a lot of guys that we haven't really seen getting pass attempts their way in targets. So when I look and I, I see this, if Syracuse is going to have passing success, it needs to diversify. And that does not mean that you can't let Gadsden get the most targets and have the most receptions and have the most catches. But you also have to be aware that there are other guys on this offense. We talked about how success, and that is because you have five receivers that are consistently five separate receivers that right you're mixing in so many guys that you'll have to have that success and that is where Syracuse's pass attempt has really faded off or passing game has really faded off and it's something that I don't know you talked about this this Wake Forest defense can make you struggle and Syracuse is going to have to figure some things out we saw in uh, some media opportunities. The Schrader said he's as healthy, or he feels a lot better this week, and is healthy, and you know is back. I would really like to see that because Syracuse is going to need to see that to make this a competitive football game, uh, and I, I hope it is because they're another week uh, like last week or like they played against Pitt is is going to just be incredibly demoralizing uh, and deflating. Totally. I guess in terms of words that come to mind at the forefront. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's take one more quick break. This one brought to you by Bet Online. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football and basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like this one, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. 
All right. Uh, let's wrap up this podcast. The Syracuse football team is in a weird spot right now. You go to a bowl game, which is exciting. Um, some people out there maybe aren't that excited about it, but I am because it's not every day that Syracuse goes to a bowl game. But at the same time, expectations have been up and down and around this season, preseason. I, I mean, before the year, we are not separate to the fact that there were a lot of people who thought they were going four and eight, five and seven. We were both those people. Um, and I don't think anybody out there, like maybe like 10 people thought they would be really, really good. Uh, and Syracuse obviously put themselves above expectations, but is now in a position where you're probably going to lose your last five games after this one. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that to like get, not get people's hopes up for this game, but I'm just being realistic. This is not a game that is likely for Syracuse to win. I mean, if they did, I'd be, I'd be pleased, but I just don't see it happening. So if you go six and six this season, I mean, I don't know how to feel about it. And obviously maybe this is a conversation for a couple of weeks from now, but at the same time, I've just been thinking about it the last couple of days. Like I I think I'm still going to be happy about this season because of what they did in the beginning. And there've been some really cool moments this year, but at the same time, you're going to get the same people. I just also want to point out people were calling us idiots because we were saying that, you know, Babers wasn't the greatest coach of all time. Uh, and now we get to say, Oh, what happened? Oh, um, but anyway, that's how I feel. Yeah. I mean, you look at this game, right? Syracuse 10 point underdogs. They're on the road against a Wake Forest team that is thriving despite losses uh, and is, you know, hungry for a win. You know, Syracuse is hungry for a win. Wake Forest is hungry. Oh, my goodness. For Man's a win because the, they should have and could have. Today. I've never seen anything like it. And Are you back? You're you're like a robot over here. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, everybody. It's okay, man. Can you hear me, though? Yep, we got you. All right. Ten-point dogs. Wake Forest, when you look at their last three games, all three are losses. But I believe all three of those games from the get-go and then came back and took a lead. Two of those games, they were down by 13 or 14 and came back to take a lead. One of those games, I think it was just 3-0. But all of those games, they fell behind and had to come back. Uh, And they did come back. Uh, At least for a little portion of all of those, leading late and then falling behind including that North Carolina game that they played last week. This is the team that's been on the brink of wins. Oh, my goodness. There are games that you could have won, but I don't think that you can come in here and say that you know Syracuse's games have been more competitive or more uh, you know, leading to them being hungry for these wins. And I think Wake Forest is right there on the road, going into an environment that is, you know, Syracuse has not been incredible on the road by any means. Uh, you look at their road wins. One against UConn, who is bowling for what it's worth. 
Um, but this is like a, a team that has not looked great on the road. Uh, they come out flat and Kirk out on the road. Clemson, they fell behind once that crowd got into it as well, was a little bit of a factor. Uh, it's it's something that is a mild concern for me, and they're playing on the road as an extra factor. Uh, but this is a Wake Forest team that, despite also being 6-4, and four, is a much better 6-4 and four than Syracuse is. Uh, it is a team that had a lot of expectations and fell flat by a little bit in terms of, you know, falling short in some games. Uh, whereas Syracuse was a team that, you know, didn't have high expectations when you had an entirely healthy roster. And now this roster is by no means healthy uh, and has struggled the last four weeks. I just, you know, I look at the situation and Wake is in much better shape. Uh, and it's to go to your macro here in terms of coaching, every game there is a moment where I just sit back and think to myself, and it is unfortunate, and I like the guy, is a bad in-game coach against Florida State, right? You're just not ready to make fourth down decisions. And we've lost him again. Maybe that's the You final should know time. that. Oh, he's back. Keep going. You should know that, nope. though. Right when you're making that decision as a coach who's not running the offense, not running the defense, you're to make those decisions, and he does that so poorly, and he's never ready, and he either burns a timeout or you send Andre out there for a 50-plus yard field goal where Andre is not ready or Andre is not on the field, and then you rush a guy with a snap at one second, and he leaves at what five yards of the goalpost. You'd be ready to make those decisions. That is your only job in the game, obviously. It's not, but that is your main job right now when you look at what he do, and he is never ready. And you should know, right, when you see the first down marker and you're at the opposing team's 40, you should know. If it's fourth and three, we're going for it. If it's fourth and five, we're kicking a damn chart in there, or someone do that, right? An ACC Division One football team to be so incompetent in terms of every time. Timeouts always an issue. Clockman. Wow. Manager All right. Always an issue. Deciding on fourth down what is going to happen. Always an issue. I'm trying. Uh, thanks for listening to Locked On Syracuse today. Uh, making it your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Catch up on the biggest stories of the day in sports. Plus, get instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. That's Locked On Sports Today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. We apologize for our technical difficulties today, but we do All thank right. you as we are very close to 2,000 Twitter followers, and we are inside 100 away from a thousand subscribers on youtube so we thank you for that uh and we will see you tomorrow with better quality and max chadwick peace